Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Well, no, not exactly. But the Dolphins did sign running back Sony Michelle, according to reports on Monday, May 9th, which gives the Dolphins a completed overhaul of their 2022 running back room. We'll talk about the dynamics at play with the addition of Sony Michelle and how these running backs complement each other here today on Locked On Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. We have a roster addition to talk about. The Miami Dolphins signing running back Sony Michelle to a one-year deal worth approximately $2 million. We're going to talk about it here today on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. And we are diving in Tuesday, May 10th. And when the news came through, uh, I was already kind of planning on spending my evening yesterday watching NFL offenses and had NFL game pass open and was planning on watching some San Francisco for some inspiration with coach McDaniel and uh, very quickly pivoted to uh, the San Francisco or to the, to Los Angeles Rams because of Sony Michelle, who was the leading rusher for the Rams last year, 845 rushing yards. Uh, he played the entire season, but uh, for the vast, uh, for intermittent stretches throughout that season, uh, he was not the primary ball carrier. Uh, his best work came in December. Uh, the, the game logs, uh, 24 carries, 20 carries, 18, 27, 19, 21 across the final six weeks. And he had two 100-yard rushing performances in that season, had a couple of games in which he had four more uh, receptions or, or four more targets with, with one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight, ten receptions across those six weeks as well. So uh, a fairly diverse skill set at play. And we're going to talk about what I saw when I watched Sony Michelle's tape from those six weeks. I watched the uh, Jacksonville game, which was 24 for 121. And then three catches for eight yards, had a touchdown. The Seattle game, which was 18 for 92 and two catches for 23 yards. And the Minnesota game, which was 27 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown with one catch for four receptions. I watched those three games, all 22, notating Sony Michelle. If you're not familiar with Sony Michelle, this is a former first round running back. He was a first round choice in 2018 out of the University of Georgia by the New England Patriots. Uh, he spent his first three seasons in New England, uh, was seemingly poised to, to be a target for the Dolphins last offseason before the team, uh, the Patriots, traded him to the Rams to ensure he was not going to hit the waiver wire or unrestricted free agency if he cleared waivers. So I think there's some interesting poetry there uh, for Miami, uh, given the fact that this is not the first time in the past 12, 16 months that Miami has had their eyes on somebody, didn't get them, made some administrative changes, and then comes back and gets their guy. Obviously, uh, you weren't going to strong-arm the New England Patriots into trading him to you if they didn't want him to go to you. And it's clear, based on the production, that he had 208 carries for 845 yards, plus another 21 receptions for 128 yards, so just short of 1,000 yards from scrimmage last season. So, Andy Michel has something to contribute, and he certainly has something to contribute to the Dolphins' running back group. But think about Coach McDaniel, too, himself. 
was somebody the Dolphins had eyes on as a offensive coordinator. Didn't happen. So they come back. Now he gets the head coaching job. Had eyes on Sony Michelle. Didn't happen. And they come back and get him this year. So uh, for what it's worth, I know Dolphins fans ha- have really begged and pleaded and cried out for investment in their running back room. And it hadn't happened. You know, 2020 offseason kind of came and went. They didn't draft J.K. Dobbins. They didn't draft Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they didn't draft Cam Akers or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Um, they let them all go by the wayside. They didn't sign Melvin Gordon in free agency. Then in 2021, it was, oh, maybe you can get Najee Harris at 18. They chose not to invest in that position, instead drafting Jalen Phillips. And uh, kind of ran the whole room back. And I was one of those people personally, and this is just complete transparency, who was of the school of thought that if the rest of your infrastructure is fine, you'd be okay. Uh, But as we learned throughout the season, the rest of the infrastructure was not fine. There were some talent issues up front. There were also very, very severe coaching issues up front. The Dolphins were very undermanned from a coaching perspective, from an offensive play caller perspective, from an offensive line coach perspective. And uh, from a talent perspective and all of those things added up to the backs that the Dolphins had on the roster until we saw Duke Johnson for a stretch of play at the end of the year. They didn't have anybody that could transcend those problems. I still don't think you have a scheme transcendent talent on your roster, but what you have is a bevy of options now at your disposal. Think about Raheem Mostert if he's healthy. Chase Edmonds. Now Sony Michelle. Uh, I. I could think of a adjective that begins with the letter B to describe every single one of those guys. Most of it would be burst. The speed to the edge is very, very prominent. We've seen the home run hitting ability. We've seen the next-gen stats for the top miles per hour logged on runs, and Mostert is a frequent populator of the top of the list. For Chase Edmonds, I would say bounce. His ability to... Uh, really move laterally uh, with control, but with dynamic ability, I think is something that really pops. So as you press the line of scrimmage and you kind of get up behind an offensive lineman and you you know you've got an adjacent hole open, you know the ability to stay square really explode off that inside foot or that outside foot, depending on if you're cutting back against the grain or not, and breaking to daylight while staying square and being able to then recollect yourself and get north again, uh, is something that I think Chase Edmonds does very, very well. And then for Sony Michelle, it's probably boom. Uh, he's not a Marion Barber style finisher. He's not a Jerome Bettis style finisher. And quite frankly, there's times where you watch him on film where you wish he gave you a little bit more consistency with creating yards. I know Ryan Smith, the Dolphins media correspondent, uh, talked a lot about Sony Michelle was like f- outside the top 15 yards created after content or yards created beyond expectation last season. And you see that at times. I don't want to get too far into the weeds on Sony and his film study just yet, but at 215 pounds, he's the heaviest of the backs and he's not as rigid and stiff and lethargic as Jordan Howard was. and. At- like Malcolm Brown was. 
the Rams spent significant amounts of time with Sony Michelle on the field where he was lined up either out wide or in the slot and running some routes. And I think there's a potential there to have some interchangeability with Chase Edmonds, even if they do kind of win in different ways as far as how they win as rushers and how dynamic they are in space as pass catchers. So that's um that's kind of the initial word that comes to mind for me for each one of these guys. And I like that from the sense that if you get into a game plan where you find, hey, inside zone is probably going to be a little bit more prevalent, then you can use and implement Sony Michelle a little bit higher clip. If wide zone is going to be a little bit more prevalent on this week's matchup, Raheem Mostert, probably Savan Ahmed as the the uh, the backup option directly to him with some interchangeability. Uh, it, you got the speed to the edge. And then if you're looking for third down skill sets, I do think Sony Michelle has that, but Chase Edmonds and his pass catching ability really shines there. You can get some some two backs on the field at the same time with Sony and Chase Edmonds uh, and have both of those guys as a legit running threat or potentially have some screen game built off of that or run some option routes out of the backfield. So uh, quite a bit that you can do now because I do think those guys complement each other even if their running styles are a little bit different. Perhaps you'd like to get in on some sports betting action. I know we got hockey. Vamos Gatos, you know, we got basketball, the Heat in the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals, 2-2 uh, with the Sixers. Uh, if you want to get in on some action, our friends at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. From all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even the next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So as I look at the running back room for the Dolphins in its entirety, this is probably the best running back room from top to bottom the Dolphins have had since Ronnie and Ricky. Um. The, the depth that they have, your number one back last year is now your RB4 tops. And I think Miles Gaskin is going to be the odd man out. I do not think he makes the roster at this point. Not with the amount of investment that the Dolphins made in other backs. Not with the restrictions that we saw last year from Miles and his vision and his ability to press the line of scrimmage and then create for himself not with the regression in pass protection, not with the lack of size that he has. I just, Savan Ahmed's got speed and juice to the edge. I do not think Miles Gaskin does that. And the team made the decision to bring Savan Ahmed back. Of course, they made that before they went out and they found three other backs to sign and guaranteed they signed them. But I think Ahmed brings more to this offense as evidenced by the fact that when he first went undrafted, he signed with San Francisco than what Miles Gaskin does. So I think Gaskin is probably your odd man out here as far as the news of Sony Michelle signing and what that means. But when I watched Sony Michelle on tape, the first thing that became immediately prevalent to me is this man loves the backside cut. So when you're running your zone, whether it's wide, outside, or inside zone, and they ran them all with Sony last year in Los Angeles, he will 
come out of the mesh point and he does pretty good with his initial read, right? You know, if you depending on how wide the run is designed to go, one of your down linemen is going to be your landmark based on whether he's leveraged outside or leveraged inside of the block. It's going to key and dictate to you, you put your foot down on the gas and get to the edge, or you start to scan back across and find the opening and go get it. And there weren't too many times in which he straight up caught the edge. Uh, there was one run against, I think it was Minnesota, uh, where he got pretty far outside. He got like outside the numbers, uh, but he never really turned the corner on the outside. There were still blockers that had sealed on the outside for perimeter blocks. Uh, and then he got north and then proceeded to cut back against the grain on the second level back into the middle of the field. But some of the quick processing that you saw where he gets out of the mesh point, he takes the football, he makes his initial key that there's not leverage to the outside, scans back across, and how he presses lateral cuts and finds the back door or finds over pursuit um, halfway through the, the front to get up with momentum into the second level was way better in my mind than, than anything Miles Gaskin brought to the table last year. And I think it was Chris Kaufman uh, from Three Yards Per Carry was talking about how Sony's probably going to be what people thought Miles Gaskin was going to be. And I think that's fair uh, because Sony, we, we talked about him being a boom player and he does run hard, but there are plays in which Harrison Smith tackles him as the end man on the line of scrimmage when he's cutting back against the green. And you'd like to see him ideally break that tackle from a safety. But he does run hard, and when he gets his pads down and his legs are, are churning, he is capable of running through some stuff. But limbs bring him down a little bit too much for what you'd expect from a 215-pound back, so therefore his created yards after contact isn't super high. But if he's going to be what we thought Miles Gaskin was going to be, what did we think Miles Gaskin was going to be? We thought the floor was a really good third down back uh, and somebody with – Adequate vision, but didn't have the physical skills because Miles was small uh, to break tackles and create extra yardage. Sony flashes it. You know, show, Sony will show it from time to time where he will run through uh, heavy contact, keep his balance, twist, parlay himself off, uh, get into a pile, move the pile. He's 250 pounds. He's got like 20 pounds on Miles. So if he's Miles Gaskin, but with what I think is a little better vision, even if he's not creative in the same ways that Miles hasn't been to this point in his NFL career, that's a win, right? I think that's a net positive for the Dolphins to get bigger and more physical. And he's a better athlete than Miles Gaskin, being completely honest. So I think the limitations for both players, Chris brings up a good point. Like this is not going to be a guy who's going to rush for 1,400 yards and average five and a half yards per carry. It's just not who he is. You know, so between Ryan Smith and Chris Kaufman, some of the initial feedback last night on social was, hey, just kind of temper your expectations. And I think that's fair, right? Uh, I certainly think from a fantasy football's perspective, probably fade the entire backfield this upcoming season uh, because they'll probably go with a hot hand and they will probably be matchup specific on any given week. But Sony... The zone runs and the ability to quickly process the initial key and bend against the grain 
and then get himself in the one-on-one situations, even if he doesn't win them with as much frequency as you'd like to be able to hit explosive runs with consistency. Um, he's He can be a, a singles and doubles type runner for you who will consistently get four or five yards. Um, as evidenced by the yards per carry last year was 4.1. I thought he was a rhythmic runner as well. What I mean by that is once he got into the flow of the game a little bit, if once he got his first good run, he kind of got in the zone and started parlaying, and then you you get another nice run out of him and another nice run out of him where, you know, if he's kind of timid coming out of the mesh point or if he doesn't make that initial decision with decisiveness, uh, this is not a, an athlete that has the restart ability to really get going in a hurry. So. I think about that for Sony plus the third down value. We all know I'm a big backs who block kind of guy. And we've all seen the viral clip of him coming all the way across the set. I think it was against Tampa Bay where he leaping defensive back, coming off the edge, screaming off the edge. And he gets all the way across there and cuts that, that defender in midair uh, to keep Matt Stafford clean. I've seen him on blitz pickup against Eric Kendricks. And he did a really, really nice job of it uh, against Seattle. I thought he did a really nice job. There were a couple of instances where he was lined up in a nasty split, which means he's real tight to the set, like on the line of scrimmage and blocking a defensive end with a delayed release to leak out into the flat. Yeah. So anybody who you trust to, to do that with Carlos Dunlap, for a one Mississippi two Mississippi release and he does it well, somebody who you can rely on when there's backers mugged up in gaps and centers point out the mic and it's to the same side as, as where Sony's set and he's got a scan protect and you see the eyes work the entire front looking for extra pressure before he gets out into his routes. These were the kinds of things that miles Gaskin hung his hat on in 2020 that he did not do particularly well this past year. So while Chase, that that's why I kind of get excited now about the potential for for two running back sets offensively. If you're going to go shotgun and, and want to spread it out, uh, obviously the, the Rams and the Shanahan style offenses are a little bit more notorious for condensing everything in and having pre-snap motion. So you got more leverage with the motion across the set. Uh, to carry away from defenders to the perimeter and get you know, more one-on-one situations um, and, and potentially create more run-in traffic with defenders where they rub each other or miscommunication you know, with everything tighter together as compared to spacing and stretching. I think that's going to be a staple for the Dolphins uh, because as I'm watching the Rams' offense play, first of all, Matt Stafford, the arm is electric, but boy, he he made some silly throws last year where I guess it's just kind of like your confidence in your receivers. And this was all when Odell Beckham was in in house and, and really humming offensively. Uh, the aggressiveness that he played with was really eye popping for me. And you saw so some of the, even when they were in condensed sets, you were getting a lot of high ceiling defensive shells. It was kind of this appreciation for me that like, yeah, when you've got the speed that the Dolphins have, you're going to force and command respect. But you 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 have to do that every week, right? 
And for a quarterback like Tua, who's been stigmatized the way that he has, whether it's fair or not, we know what he's been working on. We know that that is geared towards changing those perceptions about the vertical, deeper components of Tua's game. The sooner you can reestablish that expectation that, hey, you better respect us, the easier life is going to be all around. But as I'm watching the Rams play, what became very apparent very quickly, and this was what I was hoping to go back and look at with San Francisco, was Miami and Los Angeles and San Francisco, all these teams were not playing the same game last year. Uh, because yes, there were flashes. Some of the RPO implementation initially for the Dolphins uh, was very unique. Uh, it was new for NFL levels as far as trying to get multiple layers of, of reads on RPO concepts, which is non-traditional, but probably also non-sustainable year over year over year, which is what we said, right? I remember having the conversation, I think going into the Tennessee game, and the concern was like there were some of these articles that were coming out about how the Dolphins are oh, so heavily skewed in the RPOs. And it's like the, the articles are saying, you know, this is not sustainable. And we said it doesn't have to be. It just has to be sustainable for another two weeks to get us to the playoffs. And we obviously came up a game short uh, in, in getting there. But um, what Miami did offensively, while I appreciated how it was tailored to what Tua was comfortable with and kind of try to navigate some of the limitations on the roster. You watch the Rams with their screen game where they've got screens said they got a, a perimeter screen on this side and they got a delayed release for the back to the other side where they got a pick aside screen concept. Uh, a lot of the shallow crossers coming across the middle of the field, um, which obviously is something that, that Tua struggled with seeing at times last year. And he missed a couple of those because he's got to get them up over offensive linemen as a shorter quarterback. Um, so he's just got to find throwing windows with a little bit more consistency. Option routes out of the backfield, using the backs in the passing game to a much greater degree than what the Dolphins did. There were a lot of layers uh, to watching the McVay offense, and obviously Stafford as a, a more experienced veteran quarterback gives you a little bit more to work with. But you think about the skill players the Dolphins now have in-house, and you would like to think, yes, you know, and I want to go back and rewatch San Francisco and start to really look at them through that critical eye. I want to be able to start identifying concepts that that's a Dolphins concept. So uh, that's on my to-do list as well, as well as uh, making sure I use Rock Auto for any auto parts needs that I have. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price to the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. <sighs> Coming down now. Reflecting on this Dolphins running back overhaul um, is just the latest evidence that we need to know that Chris Greer is a recipe shopper. 
People pleaded and begged Chris Greer for two off seasons, two and a half off seasons. Please invest in your running backs. Well, Coach McDaniel comes in and they said, well, we want to run the ball. They go out and they get three running backs. They get a brand new starting left side of your offensive line. I would say this, uh, Chase Edmonds and Sony Michelle last year combined for 1,880 yards from scrimmage. Do you know the last time a Dolphins backfield outproduced, and obviously it's not the same because they weren't in the same backfield and they weren't in a Dolphins backfield, but the last time a Miami Dolphins full team rushing output totaled that amount, over 1,800 yards. And it's yards from scrimmage. So again, I understand it's not completely the same thing. But I'm also not including Raheem Mostert in this at all. You'd have to go back to 2011 when Reggie Bush was a 1,000-yard rusher for the Dolphins for the last time a Dolphins rushing attack produced that kind of yardage in a single season. I'd say this is the best offensive backfield from top to bottom in the running back room that the Dolphins have had since Ronnie and Ricky. I would say this is the best left side of your offensive line. Teron Armstead, Connor Williams, Michael Dieter, who is no slouch. I watched two Dolphins games from last year in the back half of the season with Dieter as the starting center. I understand we, we are eager to find out if the team is going to sign J.C. Treader, be a home run value. He's a more accomplished player, more stability. I get it. Michael Dieter is not this lame duck center who is going to be a total liability for you, especially if he continues to grow. Um, since 2016, I would say is probably, and that was like the Brandon Albert, Laramie Tunsil, Mike Pouncey, and they never played together because Pouncey was hurt and then Tunsil got hurt getting out of the shower and Brandon Albert was, was at the tail end of his career. But like from a talent perspective, Go ahead and try and tell me that's not the best left side of the offensive line the Dolphins have had. The recipe dictates the ingredients, and the ingredients are as good as they've ever been. There's a whole other conversation to be had about what, what was the recipe the last two years offensively, and uh, we'll get into that at a later date because we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here. We hope you guys appreciated today's episode, Locked on Dolphins. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Make it a good one. Talk with you guys again tomorrow.